hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning into this message. We hope that it speaks to your life. And if you have questions, please contact us. You can contact us on the website at thousandhillsranchchurch.com or thousandhillsranchchurch at yahoo.com. And then you can also call us at 580-216-6427. And may God use this message to change your life. Um, how many of you guys have been watching the NFR? Anybody been watching the NFR, the National Finals Rodeo? Praise the Lord that it's not at, you know, on at like 4 in the morning anymore. Can, you get, can I get a witness? I mean, you don't have to stay up till like, you know, 2 in the morning to watch the NFR. It's actually on GAC, all the, you know, the whatever, the events, or not the events, but all the, what are they, rounds. All the rounds are on GAC, so that's an awesome thing. Speaking of the NFR, I want to talk to you a little bit about two men or, you know, yeah, two men that are the, probably the most important two men of the NFR, but you probably never even noticed them. Um, the men that I'm talking about are the pickup men. You guys ever noticed the pickup men? I mean, you guys ever, you know, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, the pickup men, there's usually two pickup men, and they're, hard, they're the hardest-working men probably in the whole rodeo, but they're the least known professionally. I mean, they, they probably get the least amount of credit, um, but they're there from start to finish. Um, I want to show you a couple pictures of uh, some pickup men in case you've never seen pickup men. There's some pickup men right there. Um, they, those guys are actually, I don't know what that event was, but they're picking up each other. They're picking up like three or four. This guy's got like a red hat on. Can you see his red hat? I think he's got a, like a skirt on or something. I don't know what they were doing there. Um, but those are pickup men. And if you notice, they wear these uh, leggings or shafts that are pretty big. Can, you can see this one really well on the right-hand side here. Um, they actually have protective leggings. And I think there is there lead in there? Does anybody know? Lead. There's lead in there. And what that does is it protects them from, yeah, there's a, there's a set of leggings right there. It protects them from the blows of, let's say the bucking horse comes by and wants to kick out or whatever. They don't get their leg broke because they've got those protective leggings on. Um, and, and you know, they, put, they can put their brands on there. They can put the rodeo that they serve with or the rodeo company or the rough stock company uh, that they serve for or they ride for on their leggings. Well, those are, those are a couple of the things that they wear. Um, but again, Usually there's two pickup men in every rodeo. Um, usually, and, I, and you may know all this, but I'm going to enlighten you anyways. Usually they take four to maybe six horses to every rodeo. Um, the reason that is because they may have to drag four or five uh, bulls out in one, you know, one round. And so that horse may be wore out and they may need to, you know, change horses. And if the rodeo is three or four or five days long, they may need to change horses. And, and so they have four or five or six maybe horses that they bring to every uh, rodeo that they go to. And these horses have to be obviously tough. Uh, they got to have a good mind, all that good stuff. Well, the main job of the pickup men is to what? Pick them up, pick up the riders, right? Protect the riders, right? I mean, if they're going to do their job, they have to protect the riders. Here's the truth about the rodeo. In the rough stock events, just because the buzzer is sounded doesn't mean that that cowboy is safe, right? I mean, you still got this wild bronc that's running around or this bull that's running around and, and, and they have to actually get the horse or the bull out of the arena before everything is safe. Now, I've been to the PBR a few times, and at one time I saw a pickup man. Uh, the bull had uh, just totally just smashed somebody, some rider or something was on the ground. And the, and the, 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 
the pickup man, uh, and actually I'm at the PBR as well, the pickup man went and roped that bull. Well, that bull turned on him and just flipped his whole horse on top of him. Um, and, and so, again, it's not, a, it's not a luxurious job, but it's a great job, and, and it's, it's one of the most important jobs uh, that, that's in rodeo. Now, here's some qualities of some good pickup men. Uh, good pickup men have to have horsemanship qualities, right? I mean, if they're going to, you know, ride this horse and, and grab a hold of another individual and get that individual off safely, they got to have some horsemanship. they got to be able to handle their horse while helping this rider dismount. Um, they have to, you know, almost be able to rope as good or if not better than anybody else in the, in the arena. Um, if there's a, a bronc that's, you know, going to do something stupid or a bull that's going to do something stupid, they got to be able to get a rope on it and get it out of the way. So they got to be able to rope. Uh, they got to understand livestock and they simply have to be a good hand. But here's the, probably the most important um, characteristic or quality of a pickup man, and it's timing. Now listen, I'm not a pickup man, but here's what I notice when I watch him. It's all about timing. When a pickup man, if he, if he goes in too soon to pick up the rider, he may ruin the ride, right? I mean, if he gets in the way, he may ruin it for the other guy. If the guy's out of position and he's, he's thinking he's going to fall off but the, the, and the pickup man rides in, he may ruin the ride for the guy. The guy may recover and actually finish the ride. So it's all about timing. If the pickup man goes too soon, that's bad. And now, here's the other sad part about it, and if you've ever, you know, rode Bronx or rode Bulls, you know that if he's too late, then he doesn't even need to be in the arena either. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if he's not there when you're trying to get off the stinking horse, then what's the point of him being there, right? I mean, so he's either got to be, I mean, he's just got to be on time. But here's a quality that he has to have as well. He's always got to be ready, right? No matter what, he's got to be ready. No matter what's happening, he's got to always be ready. Well, good pickup men, they either make or break a rodeo. Now, here's the thing, and here's what I want to apply to today. In the arena of life, we all need pickup men, right? In the arena of life, at some point, we are all going to be in a rough stock event, <laughs> Something is going to come down the wire and it's going to hit us or we're going to get on the wrong, uh, you know, bucking horse of life and we're going to need some pickup, man. And, and there may be some bucking horses of bad decisions. Anybody ever made a bad decision? Anybody ever made a wrong choice? Um, anybody ever had relationship struggles or, or marriage struggles? Everybody's raising their hand. <laughs> yes, me, you know. Um, some people have had marriages that are on the rocks. Some people have kids that are twisted off. Some kids, some, some, you know, individuals are, are tempted by certain things. And then obviously we all deal with the bucking horse of sin, right? We all deal with that. Well, in, needless to say, we need someone to come alongside of us and help us dismount and get us out of this arena of life safely, Right? We need that help, and here's the second part of that. We need to be that person as well. We need to be the person that, that someone can count on to come help them get picked up, right? Um, now, today, I want to talk to you about how we can be pickup men and women for the glory of God and for the good of others. The fact is this. Listen. The Bible is clear that God has given us 
a calling to help people in their need, right? If you're a Christian and you have other Christian brothers and sisters, you are called to help them in their time of need. I want to I want to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4. If you got your Bibles, uh, you can turn there. If you don't have your Bible, uh, it'll be on the screen. But Ecclesiastes chapter 4 is where we'll be. <clears throat> look at Look at this scripture with me as I read it. It says, in the case of a man who is all alone without a child or a brother, I'm sorry, this is the case of a man who is all alone without a child or brother, yet works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all so meaningless and depressing. Listen to verse 9. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. It's not easily broken. It's a great scripture. And in this scripture, the, the verses show us the benefit of having pickup men in our life, right? I mean, it, it talks about two are better than one, right? I mean, together we can have more return on our work. Together we can pick each other up when we fall. Uh, together we can keep warm, with our spouses, amen? <laughs> Boys don't. <laughs> when I went, I, I, I like to camp sometimes. I bought a single man tent because I ain't sleeping by no ugly boy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, my wife, she, she, and we sleep in this single man tent. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. <clears throat> Boys, <laughs> all right, never mind. Where was I? We, we can keep each other warm and we can fight against the enemies is what the verse says. It can fight against the enemies. I love the idea of being back to back with someone and fighting the enemy. It's a great quality of having a pickup man or a friend that can help us, right? Well, these are the benefits of having pickup men and women in our lives. Well, here's the thing, and this is what I want to talk about today. Spiritually speaking, what makes a good, godly pickup man or woman in life. I'm going to look at three things. Three things from the Bible that help us know what a good pickup man is like. All right, number one is this. It's all about timing. (laughs) You probably knew that when I was explaining the pickup man, but here's the deal. It's all about timing. All of us have known, maybe you you know this person right now, all of us have known people in our lives and and they're going through a struggle and, and we ask this question in our mind. When should I step in and help? Anybody ever ask that question? I mean, we look at their lives and we know that they're struggling. And we go, when should I step in and help them? Well, here's, the, th- here's the, th- the first thing that I want you to learn. When it comes to helping others, listen, this is important. Our love should always be there. Okay? Do you get that? Our love should always be there. Love is the greatest commandment that God gives us. Look at Matthew 12, 29 through 31. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. 
Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is equally important, and listen to this. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandments are greater than these. So you say, well, when should I step in and help? Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Here's the first thing that we need to realize. We need to realize that love should always be ready. Love should always be available. This scripture says that we are to love God and therefore love our neighbor. I don't know about you, but when someone's walking in stupidity <laughs> and they're choosing stupid things, sometimes it's hard for me to love them. Anybody with me? I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Thank you. I got a witness over here. We're, we're good friends. Thank you up there too. Um, but here's the truth. When someone's just being stupid, I, it's hard for me to love them. I want to I wanna just kick them and say, get up. You're an idiot. You know what I'm saying? I mean, don't, kids don't do that, but that's, that's what I think, okay? Um, but here's the truth. I, here's the only way that I can love people that are being stupid. I have to love God. Some of you guys, you got stupid people around. You got people making wrong decisions. You got people doing all kinds of wrong stuff, and all you want to do is get rid of them. Here's the truth. God has called us to not only love him, but to love stupid people, right? Now, again, I'm not saying that to knock anybody, but it's just true. There are some people that make dumb decisions, and, and here's the truth. The only way that I can truly love them is by loving God. God is the only person that can give me the love that I need to love someone that's making a bad decision, right? And so, again, you got to love people. That's the first thing. Proverbs 17, 17 says this, a friend, a true friend loves at all times, and a, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And so here's the thing. And I want you to get this because, again, a lot of church people are pretty, pretty bad at this. When someone twists off and does something stupid, again, that's not a reason just to let them go as a friend. The truth is they need you more than ever when you're twisting off. Can I get an amen on that? When they're twisting off and they're doing something stupid is the time where we need to lovingly say, hey, can I help you? right? I mean, can I, can I just, I mean, can I just clear that? I mean, some people, they're like, oh, that girl, oh, she's done this, this, and this. I mean, she's, she's done all kinds of stupid stuff for, you know, oh, that person, oh, no, they, they, we just need to stay away from that person. No, the truth is, if we love God, we're going to run to those people, and we're going to help pick them up. Can I get some clapping on that? I mean, that's good stuff. <clears throat> And again, if they're involved in, you know, sin, whatever it is, at some point, uh, they're going to need help. And we've always got to be av available. And our love should always be available. And so you say, well, Bo, when should I actually step in and do something? Well, here's what I, I, I mean, I got people that call me all the time. Hey, Bo, can you call my brother and talk to him? They're struggling or whatever. I have that all the time. And here's what I've learned. The most important thing that I can do is know when God's timing is for me to call him or talk to him. I mean, sometimes people want me to, they insist that I come, and I just go, nope, I'm not coming. God hasn't told me to come yet. They, they call me, and they say, hey, Bo, I want you to do this with my you know, son, or I want you to do that. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, that's great, and, and I, I know I should, but it's just not the right timing for me just yet. Because here's what can happen. We can step in just like that pickup man gets there too soon. We can step in and be there too soon. 
Just like that pickup man can be way too late, we can even be way too late sometimes. And so again, it's all about God's timing. Just like the pickup man has to have good timing, we as fellow believers and you know, lovers of Jesus and friends with unchurched people must know when the right time is to step in and help somebody. And you say, okay, Bo, how do I know? How do I know when I'm supposed to step in? Here's what you do. You pray about it. You read God's word. And then you ask God. (laughs) I mean, you say that sounds so practical and simple, but again, we don't apply that sometimes. We just want to bust in and go, yeah, let let me fix the problem. You need to pray about it. You need to read God's word and let him confirm when you're supposed to go. And then you just need to ask God. I mean, it's simple. James 1, 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So the first thing is, it's all about timing. If you're going to be a, a good pickup man for your friends, a uh, pickup woman for your friends, then you've got to know when the time is right. Number two is this. Sometimes people just need to get bucked off. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, that's a... That's a <clears throat> Now, this is where some of you guys might not like me after this, and that's okay. Um, but here's the thing. I think sometimes people just need their butt kicked sometimes. I mean, you, you may be going, oh, that's just dumb. No, it's not dumb. Sometimes there were people in high school that were mouthy people, and once they got their butt kicked one time, they shut up. I know that's not any, – anyways, I'm not going to apologize for it. The truth is sometimes people just need to get bucked off. Uh, you know, it, this is a, something hard for us to swallow. But just like in the rough stock events, sometimes the best way to learn how to stay on is to get bucked off and not want to get bucked off again. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. And, and, and so here's the thing that we do sometimes. I, I can see my kids sometimes, and they're fixing to fail at something. And what is my tendency? To catch them, to say, don't. But here's what I do sometimes. When my son, or, you know, at the kitchen table, he's leaning back in his chair, I just watch him fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, is there some clapping on that? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard as a parent, especially when you watch your kids and they're making stupid decisions. And again, I'm not saying that you don't step in at certain points. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to step in if I see my kids going down the wrong stretch. But it's, and if, if it's a minor deal that, you know, again, that they need to learn something, I'm going to let them fall. I, I don't know about you, but that's just something that I think, sadly, our tendency is we want to save everybody. And then they are a bunch of wusses that don't know how to handle a situation or a trial. Can I get it? Yeah, there we go. And so here's the truth. Uh, you know, inevitably, we are all going to fail at something. And for many people, it's not until they get bucked off and they, they hit rock bottom that they realize their need for Jesus. They realize their, their need for help. And so, again, it's not until some people, their wife leaves them, they lose their job, they have no friends, they're broke or they're broken. That's not, that's not a bad thing a lot of times. Because something needs to wake them up, right? And so, again, as a pastor, let me just share this with you as a pastor. As a pastor in a church, we will always care about people, but we will not always coddle them. Um, I can't hold everybody's hand. 
Um, I, I can't be there every time somebody hits hard times. And, and again, I believe that we don't do people favors when we bail them out of every situation that they're in. I remember my dad saying, Bo, if you ever get thrown in jail, just know that you're going to sit there for two or three days. <laughs> Did your parents ever say that? My parents said that. You go to jail, just know that I'm not coming for a while because I want you to learn a lesson. And so, again, you know, sometimes people just need to get bucked off. Um, and, and can I just say this, and this is the only reason that I can say it. God is our example of this. How many people did you see fail in the, in the Bible? How many people actually hit the dirt in the Bible? A lot. And God could have stepped in and said, no, I'm not going to let you hit the dirt, but he let him hit the dirt. Here's the thing. God doesn't always promise to rescue us. I mean, a lot of people are like, why didn't he rescue me? Why didn't he rescue me? A lot of times he doesn't. Here's what he promises. He promises his presence in the dirt. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when we hit the dirt, guess who's there with us? God is there with us. Praise the Lord. Amen? I mean, that's a great thing. God promises hope, but he doesn't always promise to deliver us from the bucking horses of life. But there is hope when you hit the dirt. God promises salvation, not a life of ease. You see what I'm saying? And so to be a godly pickup man, first, you got to have the right timing. Second, it's okay to let someone get bucked off. Now, can I just say this as well? If someone can't, um, if someone doesn't choose for themselves, like let's say children, uh, the reason we're helping children with the Western Plains is because some of them can't help themselves, right? And so we're uh, always going to step in and there. So don't get me wrong. I'm not going to let kids starve. I'm not going to let kids go hungry. I mean, we're not going to let them suffer for the stupidity of their parents sometimes. So we're going to step in. But here's the truth. Sometimes we need to just take a step back and say, you know, whatever the Lord wants to do, I'm going to let him do it. I want to give you an example of that. I want to show you a video. And uh, <clears throat> this is actually from the Duck Dynasty crew. Uh, this guy's name's Jeb. If you've never seen this uh, video, this is Jeb. He's one of the brothers. And he went through a lot of bucking horses in his life. And I want you to listen to how his pickup men came along and helped him. So listen to this video. It's not going to sound real good. Just get over it and, <laughs> and listen. Dad always told us, uh, you know, a man should be able to provide for his family. And that includes food and everything else because uh, he always told us at one point there was no such thing as a grocery store. Totally got picked on a ton by my brothers. You know, we'd go out, we all played basketball, which is funny because my dad played football. And uh, so we'd be out, we'd play horse or something. And if I won, they would, you know, give me a swirly or give me one of those armpit, sweaty armpit. Uh, I don't know how you say that. <laughs> My dad actually, um, as he was getting the duck call business started, he uh, was a commercial fisherman. So, wasn't a lot of money, uh, but we ate real good. I would go out as a kid and, and run the motor for my dad and um, as he picked up these big hoop nets and uh, I would ride with my mom to the fish market and uh, sell fish and that's kind of how we made a living. Here's the thing, my, my parents took in so many like transient people they'd see on the side of the road. They're like, y'all want something to eat? They're like, yeah, we're hungry. They'd pick them up, bring them down the river, 
feed them, let them stay a couple days, give them a little money. The thing was, my parents didn't have a lot of money at the time, but my dad just wanted to, to share Jesus with people and, um, you know, get them to heaven. So it didn't matter what color your skin was, how bad your past is, uh, they were just going to help people out. Later in life, uh, when I got up to about 18, I met a couple guys when I was right toward the end of my senior year, and, uh, you know, they were doing stuff a little bit different, and I just thought, you know, maybe I should just, you know, hang out with these guys some and just kind of experience what the world has to offer. And uh, it got pretty ugly there. Uh, Lots of drug use, alcohol. I pretty much did anything that was put in front of me. I remember smoking a joint that was dipped in formaldehyde. They call it a wet daddy. Taking pills. To be honest with you, I don't know what all pills I took. I remember waking up. I had one leg in my truck door, and it was on a gravel road, and I was all skin up, my arms, um, and I drove somewhere that night, and to this day, I don't know what I did that night. And uh, I hope I didn't run over somebody. I, I don't know. I knew at that point I was I was really off the tracks. But the funny thing is, I didn't stop. I got up the next day. Where's the drugs? Where's the alcohol? Let's just keep going. I was hiding that from my parents. And it was just the battle of trying to was just nothing to look forward to. So empty. No decency whatsoever. One night, got drunk, went to the movies, and uh, my brother Willie uh, left a note in my truck, and he said, I know what you've been up to. We need to talk. I show up down at Dad's house at 8 in the morning. All my brother's trucks are there, uh, and I'm thinking, what are they all doing here? And, uh, I go in the house, and they're just all sitting around the couch looking at me. It was Jason, Alan, Phil, and Willie were in the living room. I couldn't even get in the living room. I couldn't make myself even go in there. My heart just starts beating out of my chest. And my dad said, son, are you ready to change? He said, I just want you to know that we've come to a decision as a family, and it's going to be either you are going to join us, follow God, or you're going to go on your own, and you can just, you know, good luck to you in this world, but you'll just be on your own. So there's your two choices. I just fell down on my knees and started crying. I said, what took y'all so long? And he said, Dad, I don't deserve to come back. I've been horrible. Let me tell you some more. And Phil said, no, son, you've told me enough. You know, I've seen my dad cry maybe three times, and that was one of them. And uh, to see my dad that upset, and it was tears of joy. 
I want you to know that God loves you and we love you, but you just can't live like that. And he said, I know. I want to come back home. My brothers, they were all crying, and we, at one point, we just got in the middle of the room and just all got down on our knees and just cried and just prayed to God, just thank you for getting me out of this, because I'm done living the way I've been living. And I remember Dad saying, my prodigal son has returned, and and, uh, it was just one of the best days of my life. And uh, so he said, I'm going to put you on house arrest. You cannot leave this house for three months, and you got to duck hunt every single day. I said, all right, Dad, I think I can do that. Wow, what a video. Here's the truth that I want you to get out of that. Did you notice what Willie and his brothers did and his dad? They stepped in. And did you notice what, what Jep, I guess, I guess his name Jep, what he said? What took you so long? Here's the truth. Some of you have friends that need you to be their pickup man. They need you to step in and say, hey, guess what? You're going down the wrong road, and I'm going to step in and help. Some of you may be that person that needs someone else to step in in your life. And can I just tell you, here's point number three, and I'm done. Jesus is the ultimate pickup man. Jesus is the ultimate pickup man. I can only do so much to help pick you up, but Jesus Christ came. He died on a cross so that you can be picked up for eternity. Can I get an amen on that? And so listen, if you are looking for someone to pick you up, listen, we're here to help and we will help. We will pray with you. We will provide for you. But if you don't know Jesus, then you don't know the true one and only pickup man. Jesus says in Psalm 145, 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him. Isaiah 41, 10, do not be afraid for I am with you. Do not be discouraged for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And so you say, how do I get picked up? How do I know that I can count on someone? Again, Jesus Christ can be counted on. He is never late. He is never early. He is always on time. He is always on time. And so here's my question for you today. Are you willing to be a pickup man for God? Are you willing to allow God to use you to pick up the friends and the unchurched and the lost around you? Are you willing to reach out to someone even when they're being stupid and say, hey, I'm here to help pick you up. And I want to introduce you to someone that can help pick you up even more. And his name is Jesus. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Maybe you're here today and, and you're saying, Bo, I need picked up. How many of you guys, nobody's looking around. 
How many of you guys would say, you know what, I'm going through a trial, I'm going through something in my life that I can't handle by myself and I need someone to help me pick up? How many of you guys would just raise your hand and say that? Be honest? Yeah. All across the room. Nobody's looking around, we're not going to embarrass you. Anybody else just say, you know what, Bo, I'm going through this struggle, I don't know how to handle it and I need some help. I need someone to pick me up. Yeah, all across the room. Thank you guys for being honest. Listen, some of you guys, again, you may be drowning in a situation that you just can't handle. You may be, you know, in a marriage that's failing. You may be suffering from an illness. You may be just hurting. Can I just tell you that, again, we can do a lot for you. As a church, we can do some things for you. We can give you good counseling. We can pray with you. We can show you verses that can, you can memorize and have hope in. But here's the most important thing that we can share with you. Jesus is the answer to your problem. He can provide the fulfillment that you're looking for. He can provide the comfort that you're looking for. He can provide the, the he can fill that void, that, that emptiness in your life. But you have to surrender to him. You have to give your life to him. And so maybe you need to be rescued for eternity. Jesus Christ says, if you will give me your life, I'll I'll be there for you. And I will pick you up. And so, again, maybe you're turning to your Facebook friends. Maybe you're turning to your cowboy friends. Maybe you're turning to all these other people looking for a way to be picked up when really you need to turn to Jesus. And so I challenge you today. Maybe, again, if you're, if you're the one that raised your hand, if you, have you turned to Jesus yet? Again, are you turning to everything else but him? If you are, then I would encourage you to turn to Jesus. And you say, well, Bo, I've got questions about that. Listen, if you've got questions about that, we've got the answers. And we can help you find those answers. Fill out the orange card, put it in one of these yellow buckets, and we will contact you. Text your name to the number on the screen, and we will contact you. It's that simple. If you want help, you have to reach out for it. We can't read your mind. We can't, you know, know what you're going through. You have to reach out. That's the first thing that you need to do. And so please reach out to us. But again, maybe you need to reach out to Jesus and say, I need you. I need you to help me. I need you to pick me up. The truth is, and and I'm guilty of this as well. Some of your friends and some of my friends, they're asking themselves, "What what are they waiting for? Why won't they step in and tell me now? I don't, I don't want my friends to say, Bo, what took you so long? I want them to know that I was there when they needed me, and when God told me to go, I went. And so maybe as a Christian today, you need to realize that there are people around you that need you. And you're either not listening to God, and, and you're late, or maybe you haven't heard yet, or maybe he hasn't shown you who it is yet, but you need to be available, and you need to always be ready. And when God opens the door, you need to be there. And you need to be ready to pick up that person for for Jesus Christ. And so I challenge you as a Christian, those of you that know Christ already, be ready. Always be ready and always have love in your heart. Lord, we just come to you right now and I thank you that you picked me up. 
I thank you that when I was dead in my sin and I was struggling and, and I didn't have any hope and, you know, I was just living life for myself, you picked me up. You picked me up. And you saved me from my sin and you gave me eternal life. And Lord, if there's someone in this barn today that hasn't done that, I pray that they would do that today. And Lord, for us that know you already, that, that have friends that may be struggling or being stupid or whatever, show us when the time is right and help us to be the pickup men that they need. Lord, may we be that for people. May this church be that for, this, for the Northwest Oklahoma. And when people are in need, may we step up. And may we know when to let them get bucked off as well. So Lord, do give us wisdom. We ask for it, we need it, and we want to glorify you in all that we do. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you that the devil can't get a victory when you're around. And so we just give you all the glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions, please contact us. We would love to visit with you. Again, Thousand Hills Ranch Church at yahoo.com. Or you can contact us by phone, 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.